0: Shame is sort of like cancer to a degree. Most people don't know they have it until it's kind of really deepened their system. And and so it's really a topic that I think is really important for people to listen to, to uh, assess, uh, to take an inward look. Paul says examine their hearts. And I I, I want us today to, to examine our hearts to see if there's shame in us, where it came from, what we can do with it.
1: What is shame? Is it that one thing we deliberately push away every time we think about it? If others knew about that one thing, are we absolutely certain that they'd look at us differently? Why do we feel this way? How do we find freedom? This week, Gary talks about the answers to those questions and more. While we're dealing with shame, though, we need daily reminders of God's love for us and His promises to us. If this resonates with you, you might enjoy our 86 Seconds Video Devotionals from Gary Wilkerson. You can learn more and sign up at worldchallenge.org. Now here's our host, Bob Dimmer.
2: Well, Gary, we're talking today about a topic that everybody deals with, I guess, at one time or another, and that's shame. And uh, although we realize that people deal with it, I guess some of our listeners and viewers may be asking, so why are you talking about it? So well, why do you think this is an issue that we need to address? You know, each
0: week, Bob, we, um, we pray about, we talk about what topic to discuss here, and in- you know, when we, when we think about putting something online and somebody reads it and it says, you know, hey, listen to this podcast because it's talking about shame, my mind goes to to who's going to want to listen to this? You know, what what merit? What Because so many of us don't even know that we have shame. It's not a word we use as often or an emotion we describe as often as we do, say, like fear, anxiety, stress. Uh, exhaustion, you know, so those, those are topics that sort of like, oh, I want to hear that because I'm facing that. Mm-hmm. This one is harder because somebody may not even know uh, they have it. So uh, I've been a Christian since I was about six years old, mm-hmm. and I was just thinking about this this week as I've been studying this issue of, of, of shame, and I realized I have never heard a sermon on shame in my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, I've read a, a couple books, one uh, by the famous author Brene Brown, a uh, secular mm-hmm. author, And then one uh, by a a Christian doctor named Kurt Thomas. And so both of them have written on shame. And they describe the same thing, that for for decades now this has been sort of an untapped topic. But the reality is why this is so important is because shame is the fuel for almost every other emotional difficulty. So someone who is angry, nine out of ten times they're angry because they've been shamed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Somebody reacts... Uh, in a angry, negative fashion because shame somebody accused them of something or they hurt them, and that caused shame, and that shame caused anger, or that shame caused, in other people, it caused fear. I'm afraid I'm going to be rejected by you, so my heart is ashamed. It causes shame before, in the presence of God, a Christian has a, a sense of being a failure, of being not not enough in God's uh, eyes and God's presence, <clears throat> and so it, it filters through. To, to them as well. So it's really important. So many people are facing this, and uh, shame is sort of like cancer to a degree. Most people don't know they have it until it's kind of mm-hmm. really deep into their system. And, and so it's really a topic that I think is really important for people to listen to, to uh, assess, uh, to take an inward look. Paul says, examine our hearts. And I, I, I want us today to, to examine our hearts to see if there's shame in us, where it came from, what we can do with it. <clears throat> yeah, so it's. I think it is important.
2: Maybe we should start with a definition, because I imagine some listeners are, are thinking, I thought shame was a good thing. Shame mm-hmm. keeps us from doing bad things. Shame keeps us from going back to bad things that we have done. Mm-hmm. So apparently that's a wrong view. Give us a definition, if you would, of what shame
0: right. is. Shame. You know, some words that correlate with it are embarrassment, to be embarrassed. Uh, but, but I think that probably doesn't quite describe it. Uh, others would, would look at it as... Um, as, as a sense of being wronged uh, and, and the, the hurt by that or doing wrong and being hurt, the, the inner hurt of being sensing of a failure. But for me, I, I think I describe shame as that, that sense of not being enough and <clears throat> then how that uh, relates to other people. So, um, like, for instance, anxiety is a very personal thing. I'm just anxious. But shame is a shared it's a relational uh, crisis. It's a relational problem. It's not just sort of I'm ashamed. Uh, I feel shame inside of me. It, it has to do with a connection with other people. Um, so, as an example, like a, let's let me think of this. Uh, let's use a, a teenage girl. She comes home from uh, school. She's really she's got a smile on her face. She has a piece of paper in her hand. She got a 92 in her test, and her mother looks at it and goes, "You know what happened to the other eight percent? You know I expect better from you." Okay, so that that girl is going to be. A shame. She's going to say, no matter what I do, I'm not enough. I can't please anybody. So the shame is relational. It has the connection to do with her mother and uh, has connection to do with friends or lack thereof or what somebody said to you. And so it, it's the, I guess it is the embarrassment of uh, of events, of circumstances, of things said to you, and then ultimately of how you feel about yourself. And, and the, the phrase that would come to the mind of, of this teenage girl or anybody that's, that's ashamed. Um, uh, I'm unprepared to live a life that is pleasing to others. Therefore, I am feeling insufficient, inadequate, uh, uh, unwanted myself. Mm-hmm. And, and so it comes down to some really core issues of, of the heart, and causes a lot of pain. And then as I said earlier, that, that shame internally causes all these other um, secondary Issues and normally we're dealing with the secondary issues. Why am I angry? Why am I fearful? Why am I stressed? But uh, shame is the core. Shame is the first, by the way, I know you didn't ask this, but mm-hmm. I'll get here anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, shame is the first emotion ever mentioned in the scriptures um, mm-hmm. b- before fear, before uh, b- even before. In the garden. In the right. garden yeah. it says uh, um, they, they ate the apple, they ate the fruit, not the apple, but they ate the fruit and he said, we realized we were naked and, and, ash- and we were sh- ashamed. And then they covered themselves and they hid themselves, so maybe later in the podcast too we'll talk about
2: the um, effects of shame, Mm -hmm. the the hiding part of it. How do you contrast it with, say, guilt? Is there a difference? Are they synonymous terms? Um, In a
0: secular mindset, say a psychotherapist or a counselor, uh, an author, a Brene Brown type person, an Oprah type person, Mm -hmm. they would look at shame as totally negative. Uh, Very rarely is there anything good out of shame. The Bible is different. Uh, the Bible has two types of shame. One is the 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 false lies of the devil, the accusation, the fear. The other one is is, 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 is a little bit more healthy even though it doesn't feel good. Uh, it's mentioned in Jeremiah chapter 2 where uh, God's speaking to Israel and said you keep going after other gods. You keep running into every field and, and you set up your idols there and you're not even ashamed that you're doing it. Uh, so so God seems to be saying there that, the, that that sense of shame when you're backsliding, when you're living in sin, when you're committing adultery, when you're cheating on your income taxes, when you're not not, um, not honoring your family, caring for your kids, that there could be a sense of, of guilt and shame I- inside of you. Guilt is, I did something wrong. Um, so I'm embarrassed to say this, but I, I like to be vulnerable. So the other day, I was with a friend, and he said, did you get that basket I sent you? And I said, yeah, I got it. I was, thank you. He goes, did you like the... The little, uh, drink. Uh, it's a little um, drink—it's a, a fizzy water with flavoring in it. Because I usually drink—I drink mine without. Uh, Just—I yeah. I drink mine straight. <laughs> <It> just dice. <does. laughs> yes. Yeah, so he. Yeah, yeah. so, so and I said, "Oh, that was so good. Thank you." And I walked away, and I was—I'm so embarrassed. And I—I actually didn't drink it, but I didn't want him to feel bad. Yeah. Uh, and 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 the Holy Spirit told me you just lied to him. Mm-hmm. You, know, you got to go tell him. Hey, excuse me. I'm sorry. I just, because uh, I you know I don't want to be a liar, and I want to I want to keep my heart clean, mm-hmm. and so I was gu- I was guilty. I told a lie. That's guilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I was ashamed of it. I, I can't believe I, man. I'm, I'm I'm 60 years old, and I'm a pastor, and I'm, g- going to be on a podcast, and I can't believe I'm actually talking about this right now. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you know. But shame keeps things in the darkness, like. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't talk to him I can't mention this now because it's going to make me look bad so that's what sh- that's what shame does uh, so but guilt is uh, I actually did that wrong. I told a lie that's I'm guilty of that. Shame is how I feel about my guilt uh, so i can I can go and confess I can make it right. Mm-hmm. I can feel confident enough to be that I'm not going to be crushed by t- talking about this uh, and so I can deal with shame so guilt is I did wrong shame is. Um, I am wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I am. I did something bad. As guilt, shame is. I am bad. I am worthless. I am no good. I am a liar. I am a loser. I can't. I keep making the same mistakes over and over again. So shame, shame is is the, um, you know, the, the the three enemies of of the believer is you know, sin, uh, self, the f- flesh, and Satan. And all three of those are like, all three of them are shooting arrows of shame at us. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's this trifecta of. Of you are you are bad. We're, uh, but but sometimes shame can also so guilt is there, and then the shame starts speaking like you're not doing anything about your guilt. You're, you know Jeremiah two, you ran away from God. Okay, that's guilt. Shame starts feeling speaking to you like you're, you, you know, you're not you're not functioning healthily. You're 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 messing up, and then it so it can draw you back if you allow shame to be functional in the good way. Uh, allow allow shame to b- draw you to repentance, uh, to to be ashamed of our sin, to be ashamed that I to be ashamed that I lied. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know if probably if I just had guilt and not shame at that point I might not have repented. Yeah. Uh, but but the two together work hand in hand healthily. Now if I don't repent and I continue, uh, so so shame when when I've done something wrong can draw me towards repentance and righteousness, where others where as when others have shamed me then that I'm not at fault. Uh, so the mother who says to the teenage daughter what happened to that other 8% um, to to the uh, to the you know to the to the young man who graduates from college and his father doesn't show up for the graduation cuz he's drunk, you know, and it's like, you know, or he shows up drunk, you know, there's that shame, it's yeah. like somebody else did something to you. That's not biblically something that you're called to repent of uh, or feel sorry that you are that way, uh, that you deserve that, that you must have done something wrong for your mother to say that or your dad to be like that. Uh, that, that is something to be rejected, uh, to, be, to be dealt with, to be moved away from your heart.
2: Let's, uh, I think everybody's been through a situation just described. We did something wrong. We feel some shame for doing it, uh, whether that's our personal shame or one that came from someone else what happens when we let that sit there when we don't when we don't deal with it what comes into our lives and what gets messed up as a result
0: um, when when shame has its work in us it causes us to as we read in genesis uh, third chapter there it says uh, <clears throat> at the moment their eyes were open and suddenly they felt shame at their nakedness they sewed fig leaves to cover them uh, to cover themselves to cover yourself uh, and then later on god comes into the cool of the garden and says where are you and they say we hid uh, because we knew we were naked and, and we were ashamed, and so shame is is a hiding. Mm-hmm. Um, so shame says to the inner voice of shame, the inner critic of shame says, "You're not good enough. You're not worth enough. You're not loved enough. You're not beloved. You don't belong. Uh, you're not you're insignificant." And so, <clears throat> so we hide ourselves. We don't um, we don't venture out into really who we are. I, I think at the root of it, shame is a, a demonic attempt to. Uh, stifle who you are actually. So you're you're this you're this joyful, creative, uh, adventurous, other centered person and you give and you love to give. That's who you are. And then shame comes in, like, oh I tried to give and I was rejected. This person hurt me, so you you're each event is drawing you in more inwardly until you're almost your system shut down and you're saying, I'm just gonna going to go to work 9 to 5. I'm not going to make any waves. I'm not going to talk to my, you know, I'm not going to suggest any new ventures. I'm not going to present uh, this new uh, thing. Or I'm not going, or I won't maybe look at getting further education for a career. I, uh, so there's no risk. There's no, uh, it's too scary because you're already ashamed of who you are mm. and any more failure is just too much to bear. And so uh, it's, it, and that's why I said earlier, it causes, it causes fear, anxiety, stress, uh, boredom, because you're not. You're, uh, shame has you hide who you are. So even when you're in a, a at a, a fellowship or a party, you know you're just not being yourself, and you're you have this protective wall. So so picture a picture a um, a community group at a church, core group, care, core group, care group, whatever they call them, a small group that meets in a church, and you and, and let's just say I'm covered with shame and I'm, I'm hiding. Uh, I'm so so full of the sense of I'm not enough. I don't have anything to offer. I'm afraid of I'm going to say something wrong. And I walk into that room. And let's just say I'm with 10 other people. And they all have the same thing to some degree or another. Uh, and, and others, some are better at being boisterous and compensating for that shame they, but they still feel it so, so they're the aggressive type and they're the know-it-alls and they have every scripture verse. Mm-hmm. Others are taking their shame and they're doing the opposite with it I have nothing to offer, nothing to say I, I just read something really good in Genesis 3 but I don't dare say that because it may not be good enough mm-hmm. uh, and so the whole room is filled with these people with these fig leaves around them mm-hmm. And so shame, shame destroys community, it destroys creativity, it, it destroys, and then it destroys peace, a sense of, uh, uh, of that quiet confidence that we have in the Lord that he's for me and not against me. It, uh, shame, um, I would say also masks, one of the problems it does, it, it masks the voice of the Lord. I, I don't know, it filters it the wrong way. Um, so... Uh, i was reading the other day it says uh, jesus said to his disciples and he's saying to us too this this blows me away this is i, I can't fathom this jesus turned to his friends and he's saying to us hey you guys i just want you to know something yeah what is it jesus you guys are the light of the world like you, you light up the world everywhere you go you just you're brilliant you're you're luminous you you guys there's darkness everywhere and everywhere you go you just you're, you're brilliantly lit up and and, and just like I, when i read that my filter of shame sometimes will say like okay good admonition. I've really got to try to be the light of the world. I'm not right now, but I'm going to be, because I'm going to try harder. I'm going to, I'm going to work at this, or I better not screw this up. He told me I'm the light of the world. That's my job. I'm not doing it well because I'm full of shame, I, self-hatred really. And so I'm going to really work hard at being the light of the world. So then that, now you're not coming out of the sense of he just called me the light of the world. The The King of Kings thinks that well of me instead of enjoying that. And then actually glowing in that basking in that glow of his word over you you're filtering it through shame i'm not good enough i'm not light enough now you're now you're striving for that and that diminishes the light you're you're still hiding yourself uh, because of being afraid of being ashamed again of not being worth it again of not being lovable enough again
2: so shame certainly short circuits who we can be and who we are mm-hmm. does it get in the way of our relationship with god Totally yeah oh, so you sorry. shame comes through uh, it comes through the brain, so there's
0: there's the and i 'm not a 'm not a scientist or a doctor here, so please forgive me if this isn 't quite accurate, but from what I understand, you know your brain has different elements and, and the brain stem uh, when, when you 're being formed in your mother 's womb, the brain stem is the first thing to form, mm-hmm. and then it goes up to the, the second area of your brain third fourth area, and, and so the major the last area to be formed is the is the one that processes all the thoughts of every other part of your brain, mm-hmm. and it's the it's the rational, uh, and so that, so shame is rationally thinking like I'm not enough, I'm a failure, but that comes and we try to deal with it through thinking. Okay, maybe I should stop thinking that. That's a bad thought. Stop thinking that. I rebuke that thought in Jesus' name, but but that thought comes from another part of your brain that's deeper inside of you. That is your emotions, and your emotions are are are. It's it's almost unsaid. You can't really. That's why shame is very difficult. As much as I've read about this and studied it and looked at the scriptures, it's a it's a hard one to define. I mean, you know, like I mentioned lying before. I can mm-hmm. define lying. You know, it's not telling the truth. Yeah. Shame is as you could tell I was having a harder time even as the authors that wrote whole books on it are having a hard time they say in their books it's hard to define well because, it, because it, it's not just in the thought I think this, I feel but it's I, I feel this about myself and it's a, it's and then that that emotional part of the brain comes from the the that the, the, the deepest part of your brain, the 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 very thing that is formed without words. It's the deepest sense of emotion, and so you have this this emotional sense of, of uh, uh, man, I, I feel something in me. I, I can't put words to it, but it, but it's something wrong. And and what's that going to do with us? It's 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 going to, you know, as we've just been talking about, it's going to uh, hinder us. And so that brain, uh, this is kind of a long answer to your question <laughs> about how it re- relates to God. That that brain that I have is the only brain that I have. And my, it's, that's my mind. Uh, the sp- we have the spirit, soul, body, and, 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 and part of the soul is, is our mind, not just the functional brain, but the, the mind that that uh, thinks and feels, uh, all those come from our mind. So, so you and I, so you're, you're talking to me and you're talking to my mind, in a sense, and my mind is thinking of things to respond to you. When, when I relate to God, and when God relates to me, it's not a different mind. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's, not a, he's, it's not like I have my Christian God mind mm-hmm. and my friend, co-worker mind.
2: That's, it's, That's schizophrenic, right? Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's, it's, and
0: so, so we, I say all that, it's a long way around to get to the core of the answer is, the way we relate to others, we, we don't have a choice to relate to God differently. Uh, That is who we are. And so if there is shame in my mind, if I feel like every time I go to work, when I come home to my wife, when I'm around my kids, I feel like I'm not enough, uh, I'm insignificant, I'm unworthy, if I'm feeling that way, that's my mind saying, that's who I am. It's not something that I can escape than when I'm in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. And so when God says something to me like, you are the light of the world, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased it's filtered through that shame, we go like, Yeah, right, God, sure. You're, you're sure. doubting his word. Sure I'm right. sure I'm loved, yes, yeah. like others you love. Yeah. And so you ha- you have Christians who and I've had so many come to me in my pastoral ministry in the counseling office and say and, and they and they read the word and they're not reading it incorrectly, but they read it like so let's as example, they they read about David and Saul and and when they're reading about it, they relate to Saul. Oh, I'm a Saul. I'm gonna I'm going to backslide at the end. I'm going to fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, read about the twelve apostles. Well, I'm I'm kind of the Judas. I'm I'm probably going to backslide. And so shame causes us to even read the scriptures um, in in relationship to I'm I'm David. Not when he um, says better is one day in the house of the Lord. I'm David staring at Bathsheba. You mm-hmm. know. So they they see themselves. They identify with. All the bad, shameful, wrong things. That that's because their mind is saying that's who they are, mm-hmm. and so the um, there there is that that element of filtering it through through that. Uh, when they hear a sermon, they pick up on the bad things. They they just see the they see kind of that that uh, instead of the rose-colored lens, it has this this sort of yeah. d- a dark lens of.
2: You're kind of talking about unbelief in God's word then. Your view of yourself overrides what God has said about you. That's a good point. And and brings in unbelief. uh, Mm. Just this week I was watching one of your dad's sermons. Mm. He was talking about unbelief about someone he counseled who said, I had this word from God who said he was going to do this for me. It didn't happen. God doesn't answer prayer was the unbelief that stood in his way. I guess shame can be that unbelief at the same time, couldn't it? Yeah,
0: And shame is so insidious because what it will do then is it will take that Realization of unbelief, and instead of repentance and re- restoration, it shames you even more. Mm-hmm. Okay, I had shame that caused unbelief. I didn't believe God's word. Now I'm ashamed that I didn't believe God's word. Mm-hmm. It just doubles up, and then yeah. it quadruples, and then it goes eight times. You know, just it just con- a constant work of of increase and increase, and so it, it it's a de- it's a devastating thing unless we start looking at ways to escape that and that's what the holy spirit has for us if uh,
2: if we've done something wrong and we believe god has forgiven us of that does your shame stand in the way of that ever being accomplished or is there some different dynamic at work there
0: so you're asking if if no,
2: we god's forgiven me i have forgiven not forgiven me. myself is that okay. uh, is that continuing to sin then if i mm-hmm. if i'm not forgiving myself for what god has already forgiven me mm-hmm. of
0: it is yeah yeah there's there's um it's it's it is uh, it goes to unbelief mm-hmm. um but if, but if you don't deal with the shame, it's going to be h- hard to deal with the unbelief. It, it's, it's almost like if you don't deal with the, um, the, the shame, it's hard to deal with fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't deal with, you know, so, so this, this uh, going back to um, this girl, that's, she got the 8% wrong. So she starts feeling, I'm unworthy, I'm no good, I'm worthless. And then somebody comes up, and, t- and God, say God comes up and says, like, you can do all things. And she stops, she doesn't believe that. So that's unbelief and, and she, could, she, could, she could repent of that and say, okay, I'm gonna really start believing that, but if she still in her core believes, I'm no good, I'm worthless, mm-hmm. that's gonna be a little bit harder to deal with. I'm not saying she's not still res- responsible for belief. You have to take God's word mm-hmm. and, and believe it, no matter what you feel. It's mm-hmm. not by feelings, it's by faith. Mm-hmm. So she has to have faith, but her feelings can still work against her to come into a full faith if she doesn't deal with that uh, by, uh, simply by realizing where did that come from? It didn't come from God. Uh, it, you know, it came from the deceiver. It came from the wicked one. The, the vessel at that point was the conversation my mother had with me about not being enough. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, it's, but it's my system of hearing that word and believing about myself things that God's not said about me, believing things that uh, the critic says about myself, that, that I say about myself, that my flesh says about myself, that the devil says about me. <clears throat> and so, um, you know, we, <clears throat> we deal with we deal with sin and shame, and, and some, some shame is, is a result of sin, but, and that repentance works real well with that. But the type of shame that is not sin, like I, I, I didn't sin, I was sinned against or I was hurt and it caused me shame, that, that's not a matter of repentance, that's a matter of healing. So I was just in a country in Europe uh, last week, and there's about 2,500 people there. And this country is kind of known for its being reserved. They're not very emotional. They don't deal with their past. They don't deal with. They don't talk a lot openly about this hurt me or that. It's a very, like, go to work and do mm-hmm. your job type kind of culture. And there are 2,500 people there. And I gave an altar call after speaking on a topic. Uh, we'll put, we might have it online at some point. Uh, healing of the Wounded Heart. Mm-hmm. And I just talked to them about this issue of shame and hurt and woundedness, things that have been said to us, that we begin believing these lies about ourselves and it cripples us. And then I gave some hopeful uh, means of of escaping that. And I gave an altar call and I was expecting, because they told me beforehand, like, this is not a very emotional crowd. And, you know, knowing your subject, it might not be one that a lot of us can relate to or or we can relate to it, but we won't be open about it. And out of 2,500 people, I would not be exaggerating at all to say maybe 2,000 people came forward at the altar call to respond, tears, weeping, and and the the sponsors, they were sitting up on the stage with me. They were in shock. They just go, we've never seen anything like this. And I went down into the crowd and started talking to people, and like there was a 75-year-old man. He said, I'm 75, and um, every word you said, the Holy Spirit was just digging into my heart. I've been dealing with this for my whole life. But then he said, but not really dealing with it, just knowing it's there, but not really facing it, not not really confronting it, not really giving it to the Lord. Just feeling like I have to sort of uh, tough it out and be strong in the Lord and claim mine, you know. And he just says, like, I've had all these wounds and hurts, and I've never just let the Lord heal them. I never offered them to the Lord. Said, you know, that I'm hurt. My my heart is broken over this, or here's how I feel about myself, or can you heal this this broken image my mind says to me about myself? And then. Uh, then next woman I pray for, she's probably in her early 40s, maybe something like that. And she brought her six-year-old daughter, and she's tears in her eyes. She says, "I was molested as a little girl, and I just found out last month my six-year-old girl was molested as well by a family member." And she goes, "I'm just so she felt she felt guilty, she felt shame in a wrong way. How did I let this happen to my daughter? How did did I do something wrong that this happened to me?" And so shame, shame is working in 2,000 out of 2,500 people. So much so that when they have an offer of healing, you know, they run to the altar with tears saying, Oh, thank you, Jesus. There's hope.
1: Finding confidence in God's goodness and his promises to us often takes a lifetime. It's a journey Jesus invited us to knowing full well about our past hurts, insecurities, and shame. Let's accept the invitation and set out to be the whole confident person God designed us to be. The Gary Wilkerson Podcast is brought to you by World Challenge, sound designed for this episode by Mike Hallsmith. This episode was written by Rachel Schmitz. Our producer is Chris Wigginton, with video production by Erin Gale. We hope you tune in next week to the Gary Wilkerson Podcast as Gary discusses the gnawing pain of anxiety and how God sets us free. Until then, do all you can to live a better life and make a better world through Jesus Christ.